Julie Ryan, noted psychic and medical intuitive, is ready to answer your personal questions, even those you never knew you could ask. For more than 25 years, as she developed and refined her intuitive skills, Julie used her knowledge as a successful inventor and businesswoman to help others. Now, she wants to help you to grow, heal, and get the answers you've been longing to hear. Do you have a question for someone who's transitioned? Do you have a medical issue? What about your pet's health or behavior? Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Hi everybody, welcome to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. I'm so delighted you could be with us today because we have Wendy Elizabeth with us. Hi girl, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. You are most welcome. Everybody, Wendy lost her daughter, Summer, and her journey since her daughter passed has been really remarkable. So I asked her to come on the show to just share with us what's helped her get through this just unimaginable grief and also what helps her help other people get through their grief when they lose a loved one, especially a child. So... Wendy, thanks so much for being willing to share all of this with us. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, you're so welcome. She's written a couple of books, Summer Smiles and also Calling All Angels Journal. And she sent them to me. So we're going to talk about those too. So how can we be a part of deceased loved ones' lives and have them be a part of life? I think if you're willing to believe it exists, and you're willing to understand that death is not the final uh, destination for people and that there is an afterlife. Some people just don't believe that. Some people just, you know, just like my, I have a friend the, that I meet sometimes in cemetery. Her daughter was two years younger than Summer. And I've completely enlightened her to this new, to me, not really to me, but to her, the new world of the other side. And she now is looking for signs and it's totally opened up her, I think her grief process to where she now understands more and she's relieved more that she's not just gone. She's still with her. Yeah. Yeah. I do a lot of work with the Helping Parents Heal organization and, and that's the thing. And also the research shows that the number one way to help parents or help anybody deal with grief is to be able to communicate with their deceased loved ones and to get signs and to understand that there is life after death, that that is the number one most comforting thing to people. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, definitely. Because right after summer passed, I mean, I you know, I think I told you I have seven kids. So my whole life is just wrapped up in kids. I didn't really have any outside world. I didn't have any friends, any female friends, male friends, any friends. I just did my chores, you know, kids, car rider line, all that stuff all the time. But after summer passed, it was like she was like the main one because she was the oldest, it seems like, and the oldest where I could actually have conversations with, you know. And uh, when she was gone, it left a huge void. And then when I started going to the cemetery a lot, it was, I mean, it was divine. I know it was divinely meant to be. I started, these women started coming up to me because I would go up to the cemetery two or three times a week and, you know, and do things and make excuses to go up there, like flowers or something. I'd make an excuse. And um, these women were like walking past me about my age in the 50s, you know, and they would come up and we talk. And it was weird because every single one of them, there was three to be exact, lost a child. And what are the odds in that? Isn't that the strangest thing? And we all became friends and we keep in touch. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And then we know that there are no coincidences in life. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah. They were led to you. You were led to them. That's how all of that transpired. Tell us about your daughter. Summer is, and I don't say was, is a vibrant soul. Even here on earth, she was ecstatically energetic. She kind of reminded me of uh, Cameron Diaz, just bubbly all the time, you know? And we had our little movie quotes we'd say all the time, like in the Cameron Diaz movie and Julia Roberts movie, um, what did it call? What was it? Uh, best friend's wedding. You know, she would always say, "You're not Jello. You're not gonna be the Jello." You know, <laughs> you know what she was telling Cameron Diaz because she would wanted to be normal like her. 
And uh, she was a vibrant soul, and she kept everyone's life going and energetic and very, uh, like I said, bubbly and just life of the party all the time. Yeah. And it was hard. to. It was really hard. It was a humongous light to turn off when she left. Huge, huge light. Was it a surprise or was she sick? What What was going on? No, um, no, it was well, I like in the book, you, you self, you, I didn't really get into that. I know you kind of like it. I overlooked that part on purpose. No, it was a total shock because the day before, like I went by dates in the chapters, you notice that um, she was fine the day before and she wasn't fine the day after. And yes, yeah, something tragic happened to her. She felt she, it, she died in her sleep. Yeah. And it was like, that's why in the, the, one of the chapters she was uh, the day I went over there before she was going to get her nails done with her sister and um, she was laying there that's what was so surreal because that's the way she died the, the next day yeah yeah not that it makes it any worse you know when you lose a child or lose a deceased loved one however they go is painful uh-huh. but the shock of it and the shock of what you went through I think sometimes just really ramps it up even more well, yeah, and that day was, I mean, of all days, that was her wedding day. She was to be married that day, and I was um, getting set up at the church, and she never would answer anybody's emails, and it was like 8.05, or be exact. I was getting out of the shower and knock at the door, of course, and you get that dreaded cops at the door kind of thing, and um, I put my robe on, and that's what it was, and I didn't know what was going on. I thought maybe, um, I don't know, I thought her and her uh, they, there was a dispute between her and her fiance or something. I don't know what was going on. I did not think that the worst at all. Yeah, and I, that, it was. You're right. The shock is just like, what the heck? You're fine a few hours ago. What's happened now? You know? Yeah. Well, you got to get over the shock and then you got to get into the grieving. Whereas when as difficult as it is when somebody's sick, almost gives us a little bit of time to prepare as much as humanly possible. I don't know that that it's, you know, something that anybody can do easily, but it's, I think it's a different, it's a whole different situation when there's a yeah, shock. I agree. I, uh, I just lost my mother a few months ago and she was on hospice as, since February. So losing her compared to summer was like nine days because we knew it was going to happen eventually. And um, yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, I know exactly what you're saying because I've been through both in the past, you, you know, my mother a few months ago and summer uh, 10 years ago. So it's just like night and day, especially the age difference. And my mother was in her 80s and summer was 27. So it's just exactly, you, you expect something, but you don't want to accept it, but you expect it, you know, with your especially my yeah. mother. Yeah. Well, what are some of the signs that Summer sent you since she passed to let you know that she's around you? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It is unbelievable. Like the, some of the signs that I've written in the book and I still have my phone and just like, just you'd scroll down and just, it, it's unbelievable. Okay. Listen to this. This is insane. This was just December the 1st. Okay. This is the most recent one. And it, it wasn't to me at first, but it's in my oldest son, Nick. His birthday is December the 1st. He just turned 32. Okay. He was going to work. It was seven something. And he sent me this, well, he called me first and he sent me a picture when we were talking. I said, what are you doing? Why are you sending this picture of this car? And I was got to look at it and he goes, look at that car. I said, oh my gosh. Summer's favorite thing, like like in the book, is Hello Kitty. Summer's favorite. She wore the necklace. She had all the, you know, paraphernalia, all the toys and stuff. She loves Hello Kitty. Okay, and my middle name's Elizabeth, obviously, and Summer's middle name's Elizabeth, and her daughter's middle name's Elizabeth, okay? And my mother, the kids call her Mimi, and I call her Mimi, too, because the kids. Okay, on the back of this car, the windshield, it said at the very top of the windshield on the left was a huge Hello Kitty sticker. Okay, that's one. On the bottom left, it said um, Elizabeth. Not kidding, I swear. And on the Right on the right um, side of the windshield, in the back, it said "Blessed Mimi." Oh wow, that's insane! And the license plate had three, three, three on it. Wow, wow, that's crazy. That's a lot. And that was yeah. my son's birthday. 
And you know, three is the number for divine perfection in the Bible. So threes have a lot of significance. Well, how did you know that that just wasn't a coincidence? Did you have a certain feeling when you saw it? Did did you get goosebumps? What was the reaction that you had both oh. physically and mentally? Oh, I knew it was from her. I, I, I hear her on a daily basis. I know people, some people will say, what the heck are you here for? I do. I hear her every day. And when I write my books and I write things, yeah, I hear her. I mean, it's like audible communication. I hear her, you know, and I know it's from her. It's, it's not even a second guess in my head. It's just, she's there. Okay. It's like almost, it's been 10 years now and it's just second nature now. It's not even a surprise like anymore. It's just like second nature. Yeah. That's what I teach in my classes, both in person and online, is that once you connect with spirit, spirit's going to communicate with you if you're on the right vibrational level. And then you got to just learn to trust it. The more you do it, the more validation you get, the more validation you get, the more you trust it. And then it is just second nature. And it's like, I heard somebody say it's like learning another language. It's just, yeah. it's like you speak Spanish or you speak French or you speak whatever. And it's just, you speak spirit. I guess is the yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you really, like the other morning I was reading something, I forgot what it was, but and it, it was referring to your heart and your soul. And everything I kept picking up that morning had the word heart written on it or soul written on it. It's like, okay, this is crazy. Then I walked into the kitchen and I saw the clock and I just ran and looked up. It was 425, which that's the number that, you know, I always look for her because she, she passed on that day. And it was 425. It's like, oh, okay. Okay, hi. <laughs> yeah. Do you get messages from your mom now too since she's passed? Yeah. And what's funny is my mom, what's really crazy is my mom was old school and she was an old Southern Baptist, but she was a Woodstock person. She was a free, you know, peace sign, you know, hippie in the day. And she's, she was cool. My dad, not so much. My mom was cool. She was in saving the environment. She was all about Colorado and everything, you know. And, you know, her last, especially after summer passed, she was big into summer signs. I mean, she would call me and she would tell me stuff like that, too. And the day after she passed, um, I drive a Jeep. And I used to have an orange one, but I traded it in and got a classic black one, which I kind of regret now, but cause I like my orange one. But anyways, and my mom didn't like the black one that much. And she knew I liked the orange one. But anyways, I was pulling down my, drive, my street and... As I was pulling out, um, there's a lot of a bunch of road construction. An orange Jeep passed. And I was like, okay, because you don't see that many orange Jeeps, especially the orange I had. And so I said, okay, whatever. So I pulled out and I was following it. We got up to the red light and right behind the Jeep on the tire cover was a sea turtle. And before my mom passed, there's a thing without sea turtles with her. Um, but before she passed, I said, you got to give me a sign. You have to tell me what I'm looking for, you know? And she knew what I was talking about. She said a, a turtle. And that was the first thing I saw the day after she passed was a huge orange Jeep with a tire cover with a sea turtle. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my god! Isn't gosh. that crazy? It's, uh, it's so much fun. It, it really is. It really makes us know that spirits around us. And we, but the thing is, we got to be open to signs. We got to be open. Like if somebody says, look for a mermaid. Okay. Well, you're thinking, how am I going to see a mermaid? They don't really exist. Well, you might see a picture of it. You might see it in a movie. You might see the word mermaid. You might, there's lots of ways. And I think that we get signs all day long from our deceased loved ones and our spirit guides and our angels. And we just don't pay any attention to them because we haven't been taught. Nobody's told us, hey, look for this. And the other thing is, good for you that you asked your mom to send you a sign. Because I think most of us, when we have a loved one who's dying, especially if it's over a prolonged period of time, we can do that and we can say, hey, mom, you know, what do you send it? What's, what's our sign going to be? And nine, nine times out of 10, that sign appears pretty quickly and it helps with the grief and helps you move on. Don't you agree? Oh, I 100% agree. And with summer, because, see, I was into this even before summer passed. I mean, I didn't just get into it when summer left. I, I, What was weird was about a few months before 
she passed, I, I really think it was divinely guided for me to um, tell her everything because I was getting signs from spirit about at least two years before she left. And I think they were conditioning me before she left so I would know what I was doing because I was into it big time. I was like studying everything I could. I go to Barnes and Noble and stay there for hours devouring books, trying to figure out which one to get. And Sylvia Brown books, that was my first one, Sylvia Brown book. I loved her. She was, so, uh, she was a card. And um, I devoured everything. And I started getting sign after sign. And I had spirit guides. And I was like all about them. And I had one named Jack and one named John, which is two average names. But they were special. They were two different entities and special. And um, I would get signs from them all the time. And I told her about that and she wasn't she wasn't too crazy about the woo woo stuff but she would understand it she's okay that sounds cool mom <laughs> you know you know but like i said i think it was and she knew that i knew what signs were since so the last day we were together before she passed um she was at my house and we were doing things and the happy song was that pharrell song was really popular then and and i played we played it more than one time and i think she got sick of it but happiness in the happy face that became and I didn't you know we didn't decide on the sign but after she passed I started getting happy faces everywhere you know the 70s happy faces and that's why it's on her book because that was a sign that she first sign she gave me was a happy face yeah well what'd you say your spirit guides were Jack and John those were their yeah. names are they yeah. still with you oh yeah Jack yeah. Helps, me, helps me write he's like the writer and John He's really, he's a past romantic interest. I used to have John is. So he's like someone I know intimately. Um, but he used to fly airplanes. Well, yeah, he used to fly airplanes and he died in a plane crash. And to this day, in fact, I don't know, it was yesterday, I asked him all the time. I said, okay, if I'm in trouble or, you know, not really trouble, but if I'm stressed out with my parents or my dad or something and I just like, I can't take it anymore. I usually go outside and walk with the dogs or something. A plane. And we live near a private airport, I granted, but this is weird. Private planes go around our house all the time. But I always, when I always think of John, a plane will literally go over my head. Not, you know, over here, not over there, straight over my head. And I'll look up and say, thanks, John. Because it's, it's weird. It's every single time. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Did you have to learn to trust the signs that you were receiving or did you just automatically just say, okay, I know what's going on. This is, this is legit. No, I didn't trust it at first. Of course, like anybody else wouldn't. I'm, I'm a human. I'm normal. Like everybody else. I second guess myself all the time, but I had some weird experiences. I mean, like I said, the couple in the, in the book with the angels, with my son, you know, with the, uh, he fell off the escalator and stuff. And that's, that is crazy. I mean, that is absolutely the most insane thing what happened to him. And I know that was divinely, you know, angels helped him. So do that you wanna, was like... Do you want to share that story? Uh, yeah, just a, okay. Just a, he, a, a synopsis of it, a brief synopsis yeah, of it. Yeah, I didn't want to take up too much time. But when my son was like two and we were at the mall and I had the other kids with me and I got a phone call. He, he's a rainbow's child and um, he started climbing up the outside of an escalator he got up so high to where I could, I mean, I, it was no fail. You had to get him down or something would have happened. There's no way he could have made it down by himself. And so I jumped to grab him. Like I'm tall. I'm like 5'11". I jumped to grab him. I grabbed him by his leg with my arm. And I, but I couldn't sustain his weight because he was, you know, the big chunky little kid, a two-year-old. He fell. I mean, to this day, I still, I remember it like I could yesterday. He fell completely down hit the concrete, well, the tile floor of the mall. I fell onto my left feet, but I fell onto my knees on top of, not on top of him, but over him. He hit hard. I, I could feel, feel my arm just flinch as his head and neck hit that marble tiled, you know, mall. I was, you know, flipping out, you know, and and then just all of a sudden I looked up and this man, I thought came from one of the stores, older man, and came over, was leaning over him and brushing his hair. River had some beautiful blonde curly hair. I mean, he looked like Goldilocks, but he's a little boy. Blonde hair. He was brushing his hair back out of his face. River's eyes were closed. And he just kept massaging his forehead in, the, in his face, just like this with his hands. I was like, and I was thinking, okay, we need to call 911. We need to get an ambulance. We need to get somebody here. 
And then as I was trying to reach for my phone, because my phone was behind me, I grabbed for my phone and my other son, my Tristan was there. He's like five. He handed me the phone. And when I turned back around, the, the older man was gone. And walking up was the mall security cop. And he walked over there and said, are you okay? You know, what's going on here? Then he, I said, my son, he saw River laying there with unconscious. So he got his little pin light and started showing River's eyes. River opened his eyes, sat up, and he just said, oh, you know, and then River, he, he helped him stand up. He said, are you okay? And he goes, you know, he just said, yeah, you know, River didn't really talk. He just, he was fine. I was like, what in the heck is happening here? And he asked me if I'm fine. And, and I just like, and I didn't say anything. I said, you know, okay. And he walked off and that was it. That was insane, you know? And I, and like I said, in the book, I, to, I said that, you know, I think God knew that my daughter was going to pass, that she was the oldest and River's the youngest. And he let him survive. Did yeah. you take him to the hospital or the doctor? Did you get his yeah. head checked oh, out? Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. He was fine. And he was fine. Completely, completely wow. fine. Completely and you couldn't fine. find the man? No. No, that was what's weird. I even went to the stores. I mean, not that day. We went extremely. I went to the urgent care after that. But um, yeah, as soon as we came back to the mall the next week, I mean, I just knew I'd see him. You know, I just knew it. I was going to thank him, you know, because there were some some stores outside. It was outside of Macy's, actually, on the right at, at the Woodlands Mall. And I was in this going to the store and say, oh, my God, thank you. You know, da, 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 you did this and he's fine. Da, 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 here's River. And, you know, we thank you. Uh, she didn't know what I was talking about. There's no older man here. I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, okay. Then I tried the next store, but the next store was like a perfume store, like for young girls. I said, he wouldn't be working in that one. It was an, it was a store like a, I don't know, had candles and stuff in it. And that's what store I thought he came out of. And the other store was like a shoe store, like a Payless shoe store. And I knew he wasn't in that one. I was like, I don't know. And I never saw him again. So, but he so, had an employee badge on. He looked like he was an employee of a store. He, I didn't see the front of his his shirt. It it was weird because he was kneeling over, and I couldn't see the front of his shirt. It, I just remember it being whitish, like a shirt. I don't know. I wasn't really paying that much attention. And he had on slacks, but I know he was an older man, and that was it. And I never saw him again. <laughs> I get he was an angel. We hear about yeah. that angels showing up as humans, and I know you believe that too. And I get that he's calling himself Matthias. Matthias. So you can talk to him. Actually, it's bringing tears to my eyes. Because, That's so cool. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to write that down. That's so cool. Yeah. Matthias is his name. I think that's a great example, too, of things that happen in our lives where we, we really are stronger than we think we are. We, do you agree with that? That we we think, okay, we're not that strong. We're not going to be able to get through this. And somehow we manage to. Certainly with what you've been through, is that something that uh, that resonates with you, that statement? It's funny you said that because my youngest daughter, Zoe, you know, she kind of touched on that years ago about after summer passed. And I, and I, my answer to that is, I guess, is, is, is we don't have a choice. We have to. We have to get through it. We don't have a choice. And with me, I didn't know any different. I mean, I literally didn't know what else not what else to do. And with a while ago, the question you were asking me did you know about how do I believe the signs and did I not think they were coincidences or did I second guess myself? When I was getting signs before summer passed, they were using river as a conduit. And that's what was so weird because then, then the accident happened to River after he was being, signs were sent to him because he was two and, you know, two-year-olds can't write, you know, a, a you know, sentence or words or anything, but he would say, you know, two-year-olds can talk, but they don't talk about things that you have never talked to them about, you know, or what they've seen on TV, you know. So River would say things that didn't make sense that a two-year-old would say he would say things that I was thinking or that spirit had told me I was thinking it was bizarre and one time to be exact I, I remember I told you John died in a plane crash and he, River didn't know John this was before I had kids and um he was in a car seat one day and he had um I, he loved River loved to write he, like I said he's two why would a two-year-old like to write stuff 
But I gave he had a yellow pad. He, he carried a yellow legal pad around with him everywhere. He carried a a, a pencil or crayon with him, you know. And um, one day we were sitting in the car seat, and he was writing stuff, whatever. And we got home, and um, I he, I took it out of the car seat. And he was getting out, and he took off running across the backyard. And I looked at it, and I said, like, "What the heck is that?" I still have it to this day. I don't know where it is, but I still have it. It was a drawing. I mean, Graves too. It was a drawing of it looked like a airplane like a two-year-old could draw but you could tell it's an airplane and looked like a stick figure of a man falling out of the airplane and you could see water at the bottom and i said and i i took it to him and i said what is this what do you draw what you draw and he goes oh it's that man it's that man that fell into the water yeah i i, I that i like that man that's a man that fell into the water i was like okay <laughs> okay and i never really got anything else much out of that except another day he was standing on the porch and he had his his arms widespread and i was like what are you doing he said oh i'm flying i like to fly in those airplanes so john had definitely was talking to him you know oh, so, so did john die because he crashed into the water in his plane yeah oh i'm sorry i didn't tell you that part yeah he did yeah. california his plane crashed in california yeah oh my goodness you it was know, a private plane you can't make that stuff a hop please that's crazy right i know that's crazy yeah yeah and i have so many moms and grandmothers that tell me these kinds of stories and that's what led me to write my children's book series, the Angel Messages series. There's four of them, Angel Messages for Kids, for Dogs, for Cats, and for Truth. And it's because so many moms, Wendy, have said, can you please write something that I can read to my child that helps them understand how they can talk to these people who are deceased, you know, these spirits, and they never knew them. Like, a, like that example with John or a deceased grandfather, and they tell them stuff, there's no way they could know. And little children know about past lives as well. And also the other question that I got a lot from moms before I released those books, Wendy, was what do I say when somebody passes? Because we'll say, well, honey, granddad's in heaven. And they'll say, they'll be at the funeral home. They'll say, no, he's not. He's asleep at that box up there. But Little kids know this stuff. We all come in with the ability. It's just a matter of developing and enhancing it. Changing topics for a minute, you're very connected to angels, and I know you've studied angels a lot. Tell us about your relationship with angels. Are there specific ones with whom you ask, with whom you work, with whom you have conversations? With, tell us about your experience with angels. Have you ever heard of Cozy Earth Bedding? It's your ultimate luxury escape. Cozy Earth sheets are temperature regulating and incredibly soft, and they even have a 10-year warranty. They're made from organic bamboo and silk, are hypoallergenic, and even antimicrobial. Cozy Earth sheets are so amazing, they've been on Oprah's favorite things list for five years in a row, and I have them on my bed right now. So if you're ready to elevate your sleep, Cozy Earth has a special offer for just for my listeners. Go to CozyEarth.com and use the code AskJulie for a 35% discount. That's C-O-Z-Y-Earth.com and use code AskJulie for a 35% discount. Upgrade your sleep with Cozy Earth bedding. I love them and so will you. I rely on them on a daily basis. I know we all have guardian angels and I know we all have um, a you know, a group of angels that um, surround us. My main angel, which sounds like silly, but her name is Hope. And our name is, it's weird because when River was, everything goes back to River. He was my last kid, but I thought he was a girl. And for some reason, my doctor's office, my OBGYN doctor was on Hope Road. And every time I go to the doctor, I'd see Hope Road. Isn't that funny? And that's where I came up with, okay, well, her name, because I thought River was a girl. It's back when the day when you didn't want to know the gender, you know, I never knew the gender of my kids. I I'd didn't be either. surprised. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't like the gender issue thing, I'll be honest. I like to be surprised. But anyways, my daughters think otherwise. Anyways, um, yeah, I thought River was a girl. And uh, her name was going to be Hope. And of course, River was, and his boy. 
And River was one a song that I, I knew that I really liked. That's why his name is that. But, uh, and I found out that the reason why I was so into Hope so much, my guardian angel's name is Hope. Her name is Hope. And she's like my best friend. I mean, I, I seriously talk to her on a daily basis. And what's so bizarre is um, I had this ring that I uh, had as James Avery several years ago. And when James Avery made those little script rings, you know, like love and whatever, you've seen them. Well, they had one that was script that was hope. And I got this several years ago and I wore it on a daily basis forever in a day. And uh, my mother, Mimi, when she was past, when she was sick, when she was still good and not too sick, she kept, she always saw it on my hand and she loved jewelry and she loved James Avery. That was her thing. And one day I took it off her hand and gave it to her. And, um, and that was her thing. Even when she was going down faster and faster, she would just say, she'd hold her finger at me. She said, well, I'm with hope. I'm with hope. You know, she'd do this, you know? So, yeah. And, with the angels also, with the archangels like Michael and Raphael and um, all the other ones and Gabriel, uh, yeah, you just call up on them and when you need whatever you need. And there's certain of the angels, like you know, that uh, specialize in certain things. Like my daughter, Zoe, she couldn't conceive for the longest time. And um, I know that Gabriel is good about, you know, conception and he, he carries the white lilies and the pearls and, you know, and. He's um, he's good fertility. So I bought her the James Avery Lily ring. I think it's retired now. And the day I gave her that ring, this is, I mean, she, even she said it herself, is too much information, TMI, you know, too much information. But she said, Mom, I said, I hate to tell you this. It's too much, much information. But the day you gave me that ring is the day I conceived Belle. Isn't that crazy? That's wow. her daughter. Yeah. 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 I have a friend who's been on the show named Perdita Finn, and mm -hmm. we talked about this. She, I don't remember what the episode number was. It was a few months ago. And she, every morning, she and her husband say their prayers. They say the rosary in bed. And then she gives out assignments to all of her angels and the saints and her deceased loved ones. Okay, you know, Angel Michael, I need you to do this. Angel Raphael, I need you to do that. Mom, I need you to do this. Aunt Betty, I need you to do that. Yeah. It's hilarious. And she says it works. She says all of it them does come work. in. And she said, it's amazing. She said she has never, ever asked for something. She's never made a request that wasn't answered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she, yeah, it, she, it, it does. She said, it's not like, you know, you're going online and you're buying something out of a big catalog. She said, it, you know, it may not come in instantly, but everything that she's ever asked for there every every wish i guess you could call it every wish has been granted which i think is um, amazing are angels with us our whole lives do you think I like, do. do you think do you think your kids and your grandkids had angels when they came in and we still all regardless of our age we have angels that are around oh, us i definitely do even the people that don't deserve them even the people that don't deserve them, you know, because I have a couple of people in my life that don't deserve them, you know, oh. you know, I'm not going to say who, but yeah, I do. And, but they just sit back and watch them because, you know, we have free will and we can't be, you know, told what to do, but they're there nudging them. I mean, God wants us all to be the best people we can. And I think all this came in with at least one or two or three and even the people like I said, they don't deserve them. They have them too. It's just the angels have an easier job because they're not recognized, you know. They try, but they're just not listened to. I've heard many, many times that we keep the same guardian angel through all of our lifetimes. Yeah. And that yeah. our guardian angel stays with us in heaven as well. Have you heard that too? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what do you say people who don't deserve them? Remember, all spirits are pure love. So. Exactly. You know, I mean, here on this earth it. plane, I mean, like the ones that, you know, in someone's life or, you know, are greedy or, you know, the people that are learning, you know, I mean, that's what we're here for is to learn our lessons, you know, and not everyone's perfect. Not everyone's loving. Not everyone's light. I mean, you right. know, there's, there's tons of people that, like I said, are not deserving of other people's caring, but you just like, you know, the, I read that poem every single morning, the St. Francis with Cece. You know, you have to learn, you know, to 
comfort more than to be comforted, you know, and um, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> Make me you know? a channel of your peace, right? Exactly. Where yeah, there, there is you go. love, let me so hate and all That's of right. that. I played yeah. that song on the flute when I was in grade school. Oh my gosh, that's cool. Yeah, and, wow, and oftentimes cool. it would be, they. I went to a Catholic school, so if there was a funeral, they'd bring the kids over to sing in the choir loft for the funeral, uh -huh. which I thought uh -huh. was wonderful uh -huh. for the families. And so we'd be up there bawling, you know, in the choir loft, and we didn't even know who the person was that died. We didn't know any of the family members that were there, but they were all crying. So we were up in oh the choir loft crying too. But yeah, I played that song that there that's been set to music, and I oh, played so that. Cool. I I can't even tell you how many how many funerals and how many masses oh, when cool. I was a kid. Yeah, oh, still have my so flute. I don't think huh? I can still play it. I still have my flute. I don't. But think my daughter played the play flute. It. Yeah, yeah, my daughter's played the flute. I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know that I could do it now because it's been you know fifty years or something since I did that. But anyways, what role do angels play in our lives? I think they play the the role of friend. I, I really do. I mean, that sounds kind of cheesy. It's like you know, but I just think they're the, our friends. They want to be our guide, our friend, our confidant, our counselor. I mean, like a friend. I mean, you're never alone. I mean, it's it's what is written. And you're never alone. And your angels are always there with you. So I think that, yeah, if you ever need anyone to guide you or counsel you into something, you ask for their help. Yeah, that's how I look at it. That's my perspective on it. Do you see angels? Do you feel them? Do you hear them? Do you smell them? All of the above. How do they? How do they make themselves known to you? Light. I see sparks of light, like um, the morning my mom passed, uh, which I was not expecting this, or even the a few mornings before she passed, and I wasn't really sure what I was seeing or what I was doing. But then I, of course, you have to, you have to uh, stop yourself, like in the present moment, and because you know I was going ninety miles an hour when she was in hospice. You know, my dad was like crazy erratic and you, your monkey mind was going nuts you know what to do what to do and you have to stop and 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 set yourself up to to ground yourself and that morning or one morning i went over there i rode my bike over there every day it's like all of a sudden it was like uh sparkles of light were coming from the sky as soon as i got off the bike in the driveway it was light yeah and then the other morning too for some reason um i was going through something with my dad again and and i walked outside and i saw the light and um, then I, I, I just, you feel almost like a genuine peace or serenity without medication. You know, I could take all the medication you apply, like a volume and feel good. But that's like, I felt that, you know, with the, the, the sense of those lights, you know, I just all of a sudden felt calm. You know, it was the most reassuring knowing that someone's there you got your back you know like it's gonna be fine you need to calm down you know it's gonna be fine we're all going to the same place there's someone people getting there faster than you and you need to calm down because i can get worked up and like everybody else you know did you see the sparkles inside too in the house or just outside no 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 interesting uh -uh. what do, why do you it think is, that is I don't know. I well, I well, my take on it is all the negative energy that's in my parents' house, you know, and all the negative energy because I I don't know when I come home, I kind of decompress and I try not to think about that situation because I could get into a whole whole scenario what goes on in that house. That house is very very depressing, loud. My dad is loud. He's an Archie Bunker on steroids. Um, my mom was. She was dysfunctional too, but you know, during the age, the time when she was passing, it was she was loud too and very, very negative energy in that house. And when you go in, I, I literally, when you were asking me about angels a while ago, I get Archangel, Archangel Michael to put a shield or a bubble around me so I don't absorb it. Because if I go in without my shield, like, you know, he has his shield, I will absorb all of that and I'll go in depressed, angry violent is you know like i'm with a you know aggression to combat their behavior and if i go in with uh, the calming essence of like i know i've had protection i was like 
what do you need? Why are you upset? Let's take care of this. It's fine. You know, because that's, I have to be that to, to bring it down in there. Back to the make me a channel of your peace. Exactly. There you Saint go. St. Francis there. prayer. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Yeah. The exactly. hit that I get, Wendy, off of the sparkles outside, why you don't see them inside is because they're so fine that the sun is reflecting them. And so they're easier to see outside than the inside. Makes sense. Because I yeah. have seen them in my room. And my room mm -hmm. is like my sanctuary. Not very often, but I have seen them in my room, like in the morning when I do my meditation or my whatever readings or whatever, you know, and I have seen them in my room. But that mm -hmm. was the main thing, it, you know, at my mother's driveway, you know, going to her house. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's too cool. I mean, you know what's going on when you, I saw that. I knew what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's called direct knowing, too, when you just know. Mm -hmm. I see angels in my mind's eye and and 12 years of Catholic schools. I mean, I was taught what angels look like according to the Catholics anyways, right? Big wings, white gown, big beings. And that's what I see in my mind's eye when I'm scanning somebody who's dying because we're all surrounded by angels and the spirits of deceased loved ones and pets. And these are big old angels as I picture them. And they're like six to seven feet tall with big wingspan and they look like the statues and the paintings of what I was taught that angels, how angels are supposed to look. Now, we already discussed that I believe that man in the mall that helped your son River, that was an angel that assumed a human form. And we hear all kinds of stories. One of my favorite movies is The Preacher's Wife with Whitney Houston. Have you seen that? No, and, I haven't. I've oh, heard of it, it's, but no, it's, it's great. And it's a great Christmas movie. And Denzel Washington is this angel, but he just look, looks like just a regular Joe Schmo, you know, with his overcoat on and his hat and, and, but he's an angel. And so we hear, we've heard countless stories in our lifetimes about angels appearing as humans and, and doing something miraculous, like what happened with River. And then they just disappear and you can't find them and nobody knows who they are. And nobody knows where they went. So I believe that angels are going to show up. However, it's going to make sense to us based on our human experience. What have we experienced? What have we been taught? What's our frame of reference? Certainly somebody that's grown up in an indigenous culture may see angel energy as just a blob of a purple ball or something. But I think that it's all going to be subjective to the person with whom the angels are working. When you hear information from the angels or you get guidance from the angels, does it sound different? Does it feel different from when you're hearing from John or Jack or your mom or Summer, a deceased loved one? It does. It's it's more lighter. It's it's more it's lighter. It's not like in your face like um directions. It, it's like it's going to be okay. We're going to be help you. It's just, it's just another feeling on a different level. It's like at the lighter side. When I get stuff from them, it's almost like, what's well, okay. I put it like this. When I get stuff from them, it's more like on the human side. They, it's like they talk in human, like, like we're talking, like normal, casual conversation. Angels to me are more formal. And it's more like the lighter, it's going to be okay. We're going to do this. I'll protect your son today. I'll protect you today. Don't worry. I got your back. You know, just stuff like that. It's more lighter. I, I can't, that's the best way I can describe it to me. It's more comforting. There you go. That's a good word for comforting. And with the communication I get with them is more like conversations with someone else, like a normal person, you know, with your loved ones who are deceased. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. You say when God plans a party, he always plans a surprise. Tell us about that. Why do you say that? Oh my gosh. That was insane. Um, in fact, you know, that was yesterday. December 14th was yesterday. And that was the day I was doing, that's what happened. That's what it was like. Do, 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 do. Cause I read, you know, I, you know, I wrote the book, but I haven't really picked it up in years. Cause it, I'm not going to lie. It upsets me. It does to reread the stuff that, you know, happened and remember the stuff because 10 years has been a while. Okay. Um, 
on December the 14th, unknowingly that day, I went up to Summer's house and it's like one of the first times I went in the house and I was looking for, I guess, something. I forgot what I was looking for uh, for some reason. And I went into her spare room, which I haven't been into since she passed. And it was like she carried all of her boxes and stuff in there. It was like just uh, a mod podge of different things. Anyways, um, I walked in there and I was going to look in the closet for I think it was a Christmas tree, not a Christmas tree. That's but I was looking for oh I know the punch bowl for Willow's birthday because Willow's birthday that summer's daughter is December the nineteenth. So I was looking for a punch bowl. Okay, I went in there and there's a lizard in the windowsill, and so I walked over there, got the lizard, left the front door open, and walked outside to take the lizard outside. I didn't have my phone with me. Then I walked back in there, and in the middle of the floor was a Christmas tree, a small two foot three foot Christmas tree. I said. That was not there a while ago. What is happening? Because the floor was covered in boxes except this little bitty area. So I would have known if there was a tree there, you know, and there was no tree there. And I was the only one there because it was like seven o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> so I looked at it. I said, what is, what, wait, what's today? Sunday. Okay. What day is this? What's this date? And I, I ran to him and got my phone. It was December the 14th. I said, oh my God, that was the day we had Willow's birthday party. That's the tree Summer decorated for Summer's birthday party. So are you serious right now? Oh, my God. And then as I looked on the floor right next to it was an ornament, a Santa wooden ornament that Summer got. It said, believe on it. And Willow's name was on the back of it. I was like, okay. Okay. I can't make this stuff up like you said. It was crazy. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So did you use the tree in your decorations with your oh, punch bowl? Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Oh, good. And I brought the yeah. ornament home too, definitely. Yeah. And and what happens when you share that story with people, like on that day when that happened? Did people believe you? Did they think, oh, she's just making this stuff up? Or do you find that, that it gives people comfort? You would hope. You know, that's what you anticipate because you want to spread the the wildness or the shock or like the happiness of like, oh, what happened? Oh my God. You want to share that. Cause you want, like you just did, you know, you were, you know what I'm talking about. So you got it and you're like enthused. It's like, I am. Some people do. Some people don't. I called one of her best friends that lived there, the house, uh, when Summer did, I mean, before she passed, she did or whatever girlfriends. And she was like, okay, Miss Williams, you're, you're, you're going to be okay. <laughs> she didn't, she thought I was, you know, but then, days pass and I talked to her boyfriend's um her her previous boyfriend's mother she's in the book too Letha and she was all about it she goes oh my god that girl is so, oh my god that girl is so strong she's just showing you signs she's just, she knows all about that you know she was thrilled to death you know so people all everybody's different yeah and and by planting that seed and leading by example People are going to come to you when they're they're ready. They're going to you've planted that seed. So when something like that happens to Summer's best friend, and she's going to think of you, and she's going to say, "Okay, well maybe there is something to this." And that's all you can do is you can plant the seed. It's like giving somebody a gift. All you can do is give it. You can't make them like it or want it or receive it. You all you can do is just give it, and it's the same with that. And I think with all this spiritual stuff. It really helps when we we give up ha expecting a response or demanding a response and just going, oh my gosh, you won't believe what happened. And then you give up what the outcome is, whether they accept it or not, which takes some practice. It's not easy to do at the beginning. You say that you used to live in the past and in the future, but not in the present. And now you live more in the present. Why is it important? important to you to live in the present and why is it important for all of us to live in the present because if you live in the past you're only remembering things that have already happened and nine times out of ten everyone has a past they don't want to remember and usually our our human mind as i've read and i've experienced always goes to the negative first and if you think about the past you're not going to be thinking of anything that you know, like you won, you won a grand prize on something, you're going to go to that argument you had with your husband first. You know, you're always going to go spiral to the negative first. And the present moment is, is the hardest thing. It seems like the simplest thing in the world to do, but it's not. 
but it's the only thing that can keep you in the moment of gratitude uh, to keep you grounded and in the moment of gratitude to know exactly why you're here and not and not in the past of what had happened and what if because there's always a what if in the past like what if i you know her, her sister summer sister shelby was supposed to come over and spend the night with her that night and shelby i mean i use the term blow, blew her off because they got in a fight to this day shelby feels guilty that she didn't spend the night with her so it, it, Shelby lives, still does, I'm sure, and to the point she lives in the past. What if, what if, what if? And the past doesn't serve you. It's already happened. You know, and the future, free, future tripping is like um, thinking of things are going to happen, but they don't, then you get disappointed. So why would you set yourself up for disaster? You know, stay where you are now and hope for the future and expect things if you want to manifest things. Uh, expect it and, and live like they're going to happen, but don't expect it and be disappointed when it doesn't, you know? So, well, and things often unfold in ways that we can't envision. We get the same outcome, but we have a different path that we take. Exactly. And, and when we're so focused on only it's, it can only happen this way. I think we really shoot ourselves in the foot from the magic of, the manifestation unfolding in perhaps even more elegant, easier, more magnificent ways than what we'd even envision. Exactly. Oh, I know yeah. that's happened to me several times. Don't ask me what I can't think of it right now. But I've you know been in an experience where I, I thought this was supposed to happen this way, and it, it happened another way. I was like, well, that was easier. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Or you look back on it years later and you think, okay, well, I did get what I wanted. It's just yeah. not how I envisioned that it was going to happen. Oh, and a good, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and or when we're going through something that's less than optimal, that's painful, perhaps, and we, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? You look back on it and you say, okay, that was awful going through that. And yet it benefited me in this way and led me to this, which has really enhanced my life in a exactly. multitude of ways. What were you exactly. going to say? Oh, nothing. It was just about the manifestation thing. And I like some people do vision boards and stuff and I still do them. I know some people don't, and but I, I just like doing it every year, January the 1st. I always do one. And I, like I said, I had the orange Jeep and I was envisioning my new Jeep, a, bl a black Jeep. And um, I could, you couldn't, in 2020, that's when I was looking for a Jeep. Okay, good luck with that. You couldn't find one. If you did, it was uh, price gouged tremendously. And so I kind of put it off, put it off. And then finally, I put on my vision board a black Jeep. And I just literally printed it out off the internet, a black Jeep. And I put it on my vision board and say, okay, I'm having that Jeep. I'm having that Jeep. Okay, I got the black Jeep in 22. And it was still on the vision board and still hanging inside my bathroom, you know, wall. And I got to look at it. I was like, wait, what? And it, it, it's pretty much almost identical to the Jeep I got, which is, you know, not, you know, that big a deal. I mean, because I, I wanted that Jeep. But what is really weird is, I look closer at it. The first three letters on the license plate are the first three letters on the Jeep that I got on my vision board. Isn't that crazy? That's, in, yeah. So that's something that I didn't manifest on purpose. That was like magic. <laughs> that was crazy. It was a black Jeep exactly like I wanted, but. I didn't really care if the license plate was the same, but I guess I guess the universe wanted me to have the same license plate. Oh that my is gosh! Insane. Yeah, that is wild. That's wild. Sure. You believe that songs find us? Tell us more about that. Songs always find me. Uh, it seems like Summers knows. That's like when you have, like you said, a lost loved one. They, it's like a language, and they use what you use best and don't know best. And she knows that songs uh, really um, are my signal to know that's her, especially songs that we played before, like the happy song. And one song in particular, when I came back from her house that day that I told you, I picked up a CD out of her, one of the big boxes. And I thought it was a John Denver CD and because it was in a John Denver case. And I like John Denver because I like Colorado. And um, so I brought it home and that's why I had an old Jeep at the time and it had the CD player in it. <clears throat> And um, so I was at the cemetery. Well, I, no, I was at the cemetery first, and I played the song that we played. One of the songs we played at her, her service was Landslide. 
and I love that song. And this was a random CD. It was blank. It was silver. It was in a John Denver case. And of course, who wouldn't think it's a John Denver CD? I popped it in the, the track as soon as I got in the car and started playing it. And I wasn't even halfway around the curb of the cemetery. And I, it was an acoustic version of Landslide that just started playing the same song I was playing just five minutes ago at her, at her grave site with my phone that we played at her service. Isn't that crazy? How does that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think music can trigger so many memories and so many wonderful feelings. And how is it that we remember songs? I, I remember songs from when I was a kid. I remember I went to Ohio State and their arch rivals, Michigan. I remember the bad words to the Michigan fight song, the Ohio State version. <laughs> I mean, I have it done from 40, 40 plus years ago. How do I remember that? How do we remember songs that we heard when we were little or growing up, like when we were in grade school and high school, and you hadn't heard it for 30 years, but you know every word. Is that Isn't some that kind of a, yeah, how, how does that work, do you think? I think it's because it's, my, what my thought process is not, maybe not true, but I think whatever brings you joy and happiness that you repeat in your mind often enough that especially when you're a child, you remember it. Because, I mean, I remember a lot of fun things I did as a kid. And like you said, I remember some poems and stuff when I was a kid. I was like, what the heck? How do I know that, you know? And I, I can recite it to this day. And like you said, songs too. I think it's whatever brings you joy kind of sticks with you and kind of makes you relive the, the youth that you used to have and make you feel better. Yeah. Well, I think music too is... uh an angelic thing and a mm -hmm. spiritual thing because we had Dr. Eben Alexander on the show and he talked about in his near-death experience. Oh, I read his he, book. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, and, and uh -huh. he talked about how he kept feeling like he was in higher and higher levels of energy and levels of consciousness and that it was this music that was playing in the background. And as the music changed, the frequencies, he was able to reach higher and higher levels of energy. When I'm working on somebody's eardrum, like if they have tinnitus or something, some kind of hearing issue, I'll watch the eardrum get repaired or replaced with stem cell energy, but then I'll watch musical notes and sound waves energetically bounce off that eardrum as it's adjusted to make the tone correct. And I asked a, a um, audio engineer one time who does studios, just like recording studios. I said, why am I seeing musical notes and sound waves? Aren't, is it music? Wouldn't that just be regular sound waves? And he said, no, they're different frequencies, which is why music can elicit an emotional response. Oh, that's what I thought cool. was interesting. It's yeah. very interesting. Uh, it's very I, interesting. I, yeah, absolutely. When I hear violins and soft music like that, that immediately is an emotional trigger for me. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. This same engineer told me a story. He said he was building a studio at EWTN here in Birmingham, which is which is Eternal Word Network something. And Mother Angelica, this Catholic nun, started it. And he said he had everything plugged in. They were getting ready to go on air. Everything was perfect, and it, they couldn't get any sound. And so Mother Angelica came in with a bottle of holy water and she started sprinkling it on all of the oh my audio God. equipment. And he's That's thinking, silly. oh my God, we're going to start a fire here. I mean, this is all going to short out. And he said, no, 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 don't be doing that. And he said she walked out of the room and all that stuff started immediately up. That's crazy. <laughs> Which I thought was a wonderful story. That's interesting. That is so Why crazy. Another question, why is it then that when we seek happiness in others, we find happiness ourselves? I've heard you say that. Why Why is that? Because that's what we're here for. And I think when we unknowingly care for others, it's, it makes you feel more grateful that what you had, you can give it to someone else and make them happy as you were when you had it. Like, till you give stuff to Goodwill, like I do, you know, I do that all the time, you know. Doesn't it make you feel good? Like some old sweater you had that you don't like, you know someone else is going to see it as a brand new sweater and go, oh my God, look at my brand new sweater. And doesn't that make you feel good? It makes you feel good. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. 
Yeah. We have a uh, we have a Salvation Army that I take stuff to all the time, uh-huh. and a lot of people will come after hours and they'll pick through the stuff that people have left outside. And uh-huh. I did that a couple of weeks ago, and I dropped off a bunch of stuff. And this family came up with a bunch of little kids, and I know that they were looking for things. They probably didn't have much money, and I was. I was talking to the woman and I said, here, look at this. Look at that. You're going to like this. So 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 I was showing her this stuff that I just dropped off. She thought it was great. That's cute. What is it about journaling that's helped you with your grief? I think writing it down. um, It's not so much journaling like, you know, like Dear Diary, like you're like, you know, a young child would write in a diary. It's not like what you write down, like what you did during the day, like, you know. It's not like a, a list. It's like journaling to me is writing down what comes to me and what I feel. You know, I know that sort of sounds like the same thing what I said before, but it's like I think it opens you up more to the other side because you can hear what they're trying to transpire through you that you're blocking out in your mind. Because when you're like we're talking or you're watching TV or you're sitting in a chair, you know, you're always focused on something until you're asleep. You're always focused on something, your phone, the TV, someone coming in out of the room, sounds around. You're never just sitting there staring into space. Of course, no one does that. But think about it. When you're looking at a page, you are staring into space, really at nothing. And you're quiet. It's like a meditation. So when you're journaling, it's kind of like a meditation writing version. You're writing down what's coming to you as you're meditating, it's how I look at it, you know? You're calling all angels journal. Yes. It serves that purpose for you. And, and you you have some wonderful prompts in that. Tell us about that journal that you put together for people. Yeah, that is, um, like I said before, it's literally how I wrote Summer's book. I first started on my phone, but I'm not good with that because I get distracted on my phone. It's like everybody else. Oh, what's Instagram doing? Oh, what's Facebook doing? I think, no, put your phone down. You know, because I get on the phone, I get it notes. That's what my, oh, I had a whole list. I still do. And um, all the way back to 2013, I have notes that I wrote down every single day of stuff, you know. But the phone thing got to be where like, no, I don't want electronics right now. I'm writing this down. Pen to paper works better than electronics for me anyways. And, um, yeah, so I write it down and to me, when, after, when I was getting all the signs for summer, I was like making, I had a legal pad like River did, you know, River got me into getting the legal pads, you know, and I saw a road page after page after page. I said, there's got to be a better way than that. And of course you can buy one at Target, but I wanted one more towards what I was doing. I wanted one that it was directly from the angels and what the angels would want, you know, me to write in because they were like, okay, well, you're writing your angel messages today. You need an angel journal. So I said, okay, well, I've got to make one. (laughs) So I made one. And the prompts are like, for what, it's either inspirational little quote or it's like, you know, I saw today or, you know, whatever. But it's literally how I wrote Summer's book. You know, I wrote everything down. If I didn't write everything down, I would have forgot it because it's like yesterday when uh, I had a couple of signs and I said all day long, I was driving and I saw a couple of things or whatever. And I said, I'm going to write that down when I get home. You don't do it. You know, you put things off, you've let the dog out, you make dinner and you forget. But if you have the book on you and it's in your purse, like I do, I carry it around because I carry a big bag and I carry it in my purse and I have a beat up one that I've been carrying for years. And I carry a pen with me and I write it down and just right there, you know, and it, it, it centers you, it grounds you, it centers you, it calms you down. It makes you think that you are not alone. You're talking to your friend and you know that these signs are there given to you as a gift. And when you receive these gifts and you say, thank you, they come in droves to give you more because they, Hey, someone's listening to me. I'm going to, you know, I've got to listen to this woman, (laughs) you know? You know, and who yeah. doesn't want that, you know? Well, plus gratitude's such a high vibration. Oh, so yeah. So we, we attract more of what where we're vibrating. So if yeah. you're feeling awful, you're going to attract more feeling awful. If you exactly. feel good, you're going to attract more things that make you feel good. And that sounds so simplistic, and yet it's true. And those that, of us that have experienced that, I can tell you have as well. We know it's true because we live it. Yeah. 
Last question. Why do you think we incarnate? I think we're here to learn our lessons and to a certain degree. And then when we return back, you know, we, we're, we, we still have more missions to accomplish. I think we all have more than one life. I, I mean, I'm not too knowledgeable on that subject, really, to be honest. But in my own opinion, I think we have multiple lives to accomplish in, in, in tours, if you say, to do here on this earth. And we're all here to take care of each other, you know, and it's like, you know, you're chosen, like, you know, people say you chose your parents and you chose this and chose that. And you, you know, you chose to leave early, like, you know, summer, she chose, you know, she was chosen to leave at 27 for a reason. We're all here for a reason. And my opinion is we, we come back to serve. I mean, it's as simple as that. It's just a revolving escalator of service. You know, that's how I look at it. Wonderful. You're so extraordinary and you're so I appreciate wise, that. I which don't is know why, about that, but I appreciate that. Why I wanted you on the show when I first met you, I thought, oh, wow, Scal's really got a, an awful lot of wisdom that she's willing to share. And, and I so appreciate you sharing Summer's story and about oh, all the signs you. that she sends you and, and how you're helping people who are grieving not only the loss of a child, but also the loss of any loved one, help them get through their grief and help them really experience the magic and the the knowledge that really life does exist after our human existence. How can people learn more about you and your work? Well, I have a website. It's jonathan-win.com. And it's a full-fledged website. Um, I'm, I have lots of blogs and lots of writings on there you can read um i was starting i had a book club about a month ago it was jonathan livingston steve seagull one of my favorite books some of my friends uh, women friends especially the ones in cemetery we all read the book we all had book clubs and we all met and we talked about it and the spiritual meaning behind it and that enriched us so much we got we bonded more and I was, you know, I have a lot of things still going on with it. But if you want to purchase her book or um, the journal, you can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble and um, it drop me an email. My email is on there and I will respond to you and just whatever you need. Yeah. And we'll post all of that in the show notes, too. So thank you so much for making the time for us and well, thank and for you for joining us and um just sending you lots of love, everybody from Sweet Home Alabama mwah, and from Texas, too, <laughs> where Wendy oh, is. Yes, definitely, definitely. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow Julie on Instagram and YouTube at Ask Julie Ryan and like her on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan. To schedule an appointment or submit a question, please visit AskJulieRyan.com. This show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical, psychological, financial, or legal advice. Please contact a licensed professional. The Ask Julie Ryan Show, Julie Ryan and all parties involved in producing, recording, and distributing it assume no responsibility for listeners' actions based on any information heard on this or any Ask Julie Ryan shows or podcasts.